Hello again, and welcome to episode 84 of Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys from mid-Michigan, three different generations with the hottest takes on sports and pop culture. I'm the baby boomer, Ted, the sports guy of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5, recording here at the Castle Penthouse Studios in Owasso. Our social media master and middleman is Matt Burns of ESPN in Charlotte, North Carolina. And our Gen Z viewpoints will come from my nephew, Jared Fattel, of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. Our outstanding partners include Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, and ProMech Engineering Services. Thanks also to our website teammates at Sports Radio Detroit for all their great programming, including Three Point Podcast. Well, guys, this is kind of a unique one, and we had a lot of good stuff going on in sports. Uh, you know, including week zero of college football, uh, Andrew Luck's retirement, and uh, Jim Harbaugh, some comments. Where do we want to start? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it's kind of one of those things where, like, where were you when Andrew Luck announced his retirement? It seems like it, like, shook up the sports world, if you want to say that. I was, we were doing a high school football game last night. I was for ESPN2, you know, so we're in the middle of that game, running replays, doing all that. All of a sudden, up on the bottom line, Adam Schefter reports at Andrew Luck is retiring. And it was like, what? You know, everyone I hopped on Twitter, see if, like, if he really did. It was crazy. I don't know. Did, did you guys see it right when it happened, or did you kind of hear, like, you know, after after the fact? No, I watched it. I saw it when I was watching the game, and, you know, what do they call it underneath the trailer underneath the screen? Yeah, the bottom line. Bottom line, yeah. I So let me explain yesterday for me. So yesterday I went and played basketball for the first time in, like, two months. I bet that was brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. So it was since, since back, your three-on-three uh, three tournament, right, where you couldn't finish? Since, yep, since then. <laughs> um, so I came back, and I'm not joking you, I felt like I had the flu for, like, the next four hours. I, I was, like, I, I could, I was laying down on my bed. I could not sit up. My no. stomach, I've never had a more upset stomach in my entire life. <laughs> so I just tried to fall asleep. And I remember I woke up, and I think it's literally right as that news broke. I looked at the TV, and I was like, this is insane. And that was like, I slept basically through the whole second and third quarter just because of how sick I felt. And, but the first thing I thought about when that happened is Jacoby Brissett got screwed. He is pissing his pants right now. There is not a better job in the league than a backup quarterback. And the entire summer, like basically what I would do if I was him, he probably did very little like training and preparation. I mean, he had Andrew Luck as a starting quarterback. He was never going to play. And now he has to start for an entire season. That just sounds like hell to yeah. me. At least he had preseason action, though. You know, he's 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 had game action. And he's he's obviously he's been a starter with the Colts and some other places before. But not to I, I get what you're saying, Jared. But I saw this tweet actually shortly before coming in. Uh, Laura Rutledge, she's uh, an anchor and reporter for SEC Network and ESPN and everything. She's on Get Up and all that stuff. But she tweeted out this morning. Jacoby Brissett is ready for this moment. When he was still at Dwyer High School, he told me. I'll be starting QB in the NFL one day, and I won't be satisfied with anything else. I'll never forget it. He's waited his whole life for this opportunity. Hashtag Colts. So I get what you're saying, Jared, but from the mouth of Laura Rutledge, I I think Jacoby Brissett is probably excited for the opportunity. Yeah, we're going to see what it does for the Colts. And and the other thing is, Obviously, there's a lot of our listeners, a lot, and you guys probably are both uh, fantasy football players, right? Yes, I am. And I and I know uh, OJ Simpson's pretty upset that he had just drafted Luck, and an hour later he announced his retirement. But that's a whole other story. But uh, uh, let me ask you guys this: 
there's a lot of leagues that, that I can't believe that they do their drafts so early, you know, before the end of preseason. And, and why is that, do you think? It's just the only time that a lot of people probably can get together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me spin a question back to you. Okay. So as like the only person on this podcast who has had an injury where they had to go through therapy, I mean, that was a lot of why Andrew Luck, uh, he decided to hang up the cleats is because he was sick of rehabbing and all that. So yeah. as somebody who's gone through rehab with, uh, for those who don't know, he had his hip replaced. Um, <laughs> what, like, what is that? Is it really as tough as he makes it sound? Well, I, I certainly wouldn't put myself in Andrew Luck's category for his, his rehab stuff. I don't know. I, I guess I'll just throw it back at you this way. My rehab was actually pretty easy having a hip replacement, but I think there's more to it with Andrew Luck, and he kind of alluded to that. You know, it's 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 not only the rehab physically, but the mental, the mental pressure. Because really, is he physically is he not really ready to play, or do you guys think it's more of a mental thing that the just the grind of all these years battling injuries, and he just can't do it mentally anymore? And that's what it sounded like to me seeing the press conference. And by the way. I don't know what what you guys thought, but it was hearing the Colt fans just boo him. That was pretty bush league. What do you think you would have done if you had a, if you had let's say so just like how you were at level seven at the Mark Farner concert of drunkness? <laughs> what do you think you would have done if you were a Colt fan of that? Just I un- I understand Matthew Stafford. If Matthew Stafford retired. I I I understand the sentiment, but I I still think it was bush league. You know. And it was it was very strange on the timing as well. Is this because it was was leaked and Shefty there released it, or you know the timing of it was kind of bizarre? Yeah, I mean Andrew Luck, he he said himself in that press conference that it didn't go exactly how he planned. And I guess that's one of those things where it's it's a good look at the world we live in, 2019. I mean, yeah, like news can't stay secret almost sometimes. You know, I, I think he said he wanted to. You know, go talk to his teammates first, then hold the press conference. But obviously, once Schefter tweets it out, I mean, it just spreads like wildfire. But, yeah, the, the, the fans booing, I mean, it kind of reminded me, you guys remember in the NBA Finals when, when Durant got hurt and the Raptors fans yeah. cheering? You know, very similar to that. You know, a little bit of an opposite reaction. But, you know, people are like, you know, that's your kind of like what Jared's saying, your gut first reaction, I guess, when you hear the news and you're fired up, maybe a little tuned up with some drinks. Yeah, you do that, but it is, it's an awful look because the guy, it, it's a sport, like it's a game. And this guy has, like you said, he's been just tearing apart his body, trying to get out there. And I definitely think, I mean, he said it, that it's it's not only the physical part, it's the mental part. And he said, you know, he wouldn't feel right trying to go out there and play when his heart is not 100% in it. You know, he, he owes more to the fans and the franchise and the Colts and everything to be 100% healthy and be 100% committed to the position because if you're not, then, you know, you're going to be out there, you know, probably getting hurt some more, or, you know, playing really bad or whatever. So I just – all the, the flack that he's getting for retiring early, people calling him soft, like Doug Gottlieb tweeted out that retiring because rehabbing is too hard is the most millennial thing ever. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, all, all – and there's a bunch – Dan Dockich is ripping him apart for retiring early – it's just ridiculous, man. This is his life. It's his body. He has earned himself enough money to where he feels like he can go live the rest of his life comfortably. It's his choice. I I don't understand the hate. Well, the thing is, he's made a lot of money, but just think he had to make this decision knowing he's 29, going on 30. Probably his next contract is going to be 
I don't know, 150 million or something like that. Think about all the money that he's left on the table now. You know, I mean, it, it had to be a gut wrenching decision and one he had to give a lot of thought to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, first off, whoever leaked this to Adam Schefter is just a complete douchebag. Yeah. I mean, how do you do that move? What's what do you get out of that? And then secondly, you mentioned he left a lot of money on that table. Yes, but he's walking away. They're paying him 24 million. I look at it, it's like an all time swindling by him. 24 <laughs> million. He's not doing anything retiring and he got paid 24 million yeah that's... you have the lions who are like fretting over calvin johnson giving back like one million dollars it's like it's just i guess this is almost like a microcosm of the lions and why our, our franchise is so bad well that's not a bad uh that's not a bad segue there and it's not a bad severance for luck for sure but you know since you brought up the lions i don't know if i know you probably saw the exhibition game jared i don't know if you did matt but what a horrendous performance by the Lions and both teams, actually, as far as penalties, mistakes. Lions lose a couple of starters to injury. It looked like it was going to be season-ending injuries to Davis and and their center, Ragnow. But, uh, again, this points to why. Why play four preseason games? It just made the Lions an already horrible team even worse. And I, I know they're going to come back injuries, but still, it's just good God. I, just, I want to let you guys know, get prepared for Kyler Murray's like coming out show <laughs> against the Lions in week one in a couple weeks. I'm already prepared for it, so I'm just going to enjoy it when it happens. And what, the, the same thing happened last season when we opened up the season with the Jets and Sam Darnold tore yep. up the yep. Lions. So right. yeah, we, we should be prepared for it. I'm... Yeah, this, this preseason, I don't know, what do, you, do you guys remember a preseason that's been more odd i guess as far as like starters just not playing i know normally you know starters tom brady stafford you know starters don't play like the whole preseason but it seems like a lot of guys just flat out like haven't played to the point where it's like what is what is the like you said ted what is the point of four games i get having two maybe three you know warm-up games maybe one you know right but yeah four is that necessary no. And the other thing, if you're going to have, let's say you have a couple preseason games where you play your starters just a little bit, make sure they're sharp, you know, wearing the pads, tackling, going full speed so they, they pick up the speed of the game. But really, the only thing I see preseason for is guys trying to make the roster, you know? Yeah. I mean, two games would be enough for that, right? For sure. Get, get two games for the undrafted rookies, the free agents, like you said, trying to make the team. Two games, go out there, you know tackle some guys do what you got to do you'll know after that if they're going to make the team or not but yeah it's been a weird preseason and by the way i have kind of i've kind of come to this and i I hate to say this man i've come to the mindset that i'm agreeing with jared i think it was last week's pod or the one before that that there's like zero anticipation or excitement about the lions and i can't remember the last time that I've had this feeling. I mean, I don't know if part of it is because Matt Patricia's sitting on the Gatorade stand. There's no discipline. I just I haven't seen anything to get excited about. There, there is not. Uh, just I just kind of want to bring it full circle to Andrew. Like I said, one more question for you, Ted. Like I said, yeah. You know, you've been through the whole therapy game. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say just hypothetical. Let's say that your other knee or your other hip gets replaced, and then let's say you tear your ACL like trying to climb out of the <laughs> at night. Would you think twice about? You know, coming back to the podcast game, I mean, those stairs are steep after all the station. No, man, I'm a gamer. I'm a gamer. I was only I only was on the disabled list one week, and I I could have sucked it up if I knew I was going to get this kind of grief. Would you ask the station to install one of those? <laughs> a lift. What it's called those those like carts or whatever that like takes you up the stairs. <laughs> like my like my dad has, Jared. I'd get one of those put in. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that is a big part of Andrew Luck's decision is, I mean, same with Calvin Johnson, same with Barry Sanders, all these other guys. He's looking at it, like you said, Ted, 29, going on 30, he's made enough money. He's, he's obviously, he's got a degree from Stanford. He's going to do some other stuff. He's not, he's a smart person. He's looking at it like, do I want to live the rest of my life and actually like be able to walk, be able to like use my brain? Or do I want to try and fight through this for another three or four years and potentially like really harm myself, you know? And I don't understand why people can hate on him for that. It's, yeah. it's actually really strange. It is. And uh, by the way, I mean, your guys, both you guys, your gut feel, do you think he is 100% done or do you think he sits out a year maybe and reconsiders? I, I think he's 100% done uh, playing, but I think he's going to be like one hell of a coach one day. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah, I'm with Jared. I don't think he's coming back. He doesn't seem like the Brett Favre type, you know. That'll, you know, or even like Roethlisberger. Every year he tosses around retiring. I, I think he's done. I don't know. I'm I'm leaning the other way. I think uh, a year away, you know, maybe the competitive juices come back because you know we're to get to the level he's at. He's still got to be a big time competitor, you know. And I understand there's a lot of stuff going on in his life that we don't know anything about. But I just got a feeling we maybe haven't seen the end of Andrew Luck down the road. Now we're talking football. This is a this is a special podcast because our normal weekly podcast is going to be our State of Michigan pigskin prep preview. That's going to be coming up a little later on this week. But we're we we just had to jump on board and record this because there's a lot of great football that took place and. Uh, Week zero, boys. I mean, college game day, they did it up right. Uh, talk about getting the juices flowing. And then capped off with a great matchup with Miami and Florida last night. How, how, does it get any better than that? Does it get any better than college game day at Disney? <laughs> there, we knew that was coming out. Matt was, Matt was coming in his pants watching that. <laughs> it was, I, the game, and I think we were talking about it before we recorded, it the like sloppiest, wildest, but it was – it was just a great game. Very like, entertaining. It was entertaining. And I tell you, but the one thing that drove me crazy is that Felipe Franks ended up winning. I don't know what it is about this guy, but after he he was like all game, like everyone on Twitter and the announcers were saying how basically Florida is winning like despite of him. And then he runs for like a two yard touchdown, and then he goes to the camera on the sideline and he says like that's me, or he said some like snarky comment about how good he was. Minutes later, he throws like the worst pick I've ever seen in my entire life. Even worse than John O'Corn's pick versus Michigan State or Ohio State is who that was. Like, and I'm just mad that his team ended up winning, and he feels like he was the reason they won. It's kind of funny. I thought maybe you would be a big supporter of his. You kind of like the, uh, you know, the electricity and you know, for a lack of a better word, kind of showboating to get some excitement in the game. I'm surprised you don't like him. I, I don't like him because he doesn't. Des- I'd like it if he deserves to do that, but he do- he's not good enough to do that. It just—he looks like he just—it does, it does not look good when he does that, and he's not any good. He has constantly like not lived up to the hype his whole career. So I mean, this is supposed to be the year that he finally takes over, and everyone kept pointing back to them torching Michigan in the bowl game last year when half of Michigan's defense didn't play. Right, and that—that's what I wanted to see. I was, you know, everyone was pointing to that bowl game against Michigan. I was like, well, let's see them play. You know, next year when he's like, it's his job. This is supposed to be his season, and yeah, it was an entertaining game. I mean, it was sloppy. It's the first game of the year. It always seems like the first week of college football, whether it's week zero or week one. You know, guys are working out the kinks because they don't have preseason, so maybe that's where that comes into play. But I mean, it's college football. I, it was awesome that it was back. It's kind of fun to me to watch that kind of football in in one sense because you just never know what the hell's going to happen. <laughs> There were so many fumbles and <laughs> pass interferences and false start. And I, t- I tell you what, 
Miami's offensive line literally looked like the worst offensive line in the history of college football. <laughs> Pretty yes. young. Even worse than those like 1900s offensive lines that where everyone weighed like 140 pounds. That looked like the semblance of an offensive line of all time. <laughs> well, I thought I thought Herb Street and Fowler were, were describing it pretty good. And, you know, the, the one, I think it was the left tackle for Miami's, he, he was playing high school football this time last year, and he's going up against that stud from Florida. That That's kind of a wake-up call in week one, huh? It is crazy when you think about that sometimes, that, you know, when true freshmen, like true freshmen in college basketball, I feel like that transition is – you know, a lot easier. That's been happening for a long time, obviously. But like a true freshman in college football, to go from playing high school to, you know, going up against some of the some guys that are going to be playing the NFL next year or something, I can't imagine what kind of transition that would be. Well, that's where you need a cupcake in that first game, not a matchup like that. I mean, we all love it, but man, that's that's a heck of a start. It was fun. I, I got to tell you, I enjoyed that game so much. And, you know, we talked off the air. I mean, I am so juiced up for college football. I mean, it's the best, isn't it? I love the NFL, too, but college football is where it's at. I mean, I I could basically watch any college football game and get pretty excited. I mean, any like, would I be excited for Florida versus Miami? I, you know, but it's college football. That, that's what matters. I just have, like, one more question. Do you guys think that the reason that it was such a sloppy game is because it was, like, the Week Zero game, or do you think it was, like, just undisciplined teams? Um, I think it was I think it was two, you know, top-notch teams just coming out of the blocks, you know, from practice going to live action. I think that really was that really was the, the sloppiness that we saw. Yeah, like, like I said, I mean, a lot of the top elite programs, they schedule a couple of cupcakes, kind of in, in essence, preseason games for them, right? This one wasn't. Yeah, that's why I used to, you know, it used to bug me or, or it does if, if Michigan schedules Notre Dame in that first week of the season. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, you got schedule like they did this year. Schedule Middle Tennessee State or something in week one. Work out a few kinks. And then go play Notre Dame, or like this year they're going to play Army. So like, yeah, you got to do that. But I mean, maybe it was you know working out the kinks. But maybe we saw that Florida maybe isn't a top ten team, or maybe Miami isn't quite there with their new head coach. You know, I don't know. Well, that's a perfect segue spot right there because what goes with uh, college football Saturday nights with Herb Street and Fowler, and as I mentioned, they were dogging on each other a little bit, which I loved. It was it was pretty funny, especially when uh, Herb Street said something about to Fowler that Fowler was going to check his social media to see how many hits he got the next day and Fowler just jammed it right back at him he said what are you talking about look in a mirror buddy it, it had me laughing right out loud but what I was going to lead into is uh, you talked about Miami and their new head coach what a great story on uh, on game day with Manny Diaz and Ryan McGee putting on the piece and uh, I mean did you do that job at one time Matt? A production assistant? I didn't, uh, but Ryan McGee, a former three-point podcast guest, by the way. You're right. Anyone who'd want to go back and check that out. But no, uh, production assistant isn't something that I ever did. Okay. I, I started right in the edit department, and then I've done a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, production assistant is a lot where it, it's kind of like an entry-level, cutting highlights like that feature said, and a lot of the reporters and you know other positions they kind of start as production assistant move up to like producer and then they maybe uh go to on-air talent or something like that but um yeah that was awesome to see seeing the behind the scenes video and that that's always been like uh i don't know like an inside story or something that manny diaz started as a pa whatever 15 years ago and it always has like the the motivational story or whatever that you know you can start as a PA you can start all the, all the way at the bottom and you could eventually be now head coach of 
you know, Miami or whatever. So it's definitely cool to see. And, you know, Ryan McGee, he's always good at telling those stories. So that was cool. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see you replacing Matt Patricia. Make your, <laughs> make your way to Detroit. Yeah, I don't know about that. It was it was cool because, like, you know, I, I always think, like, we know a lot about football and, you know, a lot of people who work at ESPN or wherever know a lot about football. And, you know, to see him, he said, like, he would do Monday Night Countdown and then watch the game with Sterling Sharp. Right. See, like, Sterling Sharp noticed that and then kind of ended up vouching for him, getting his first job. You know, it's just a really cool story. So, I, I don't know, I'm not like a Miami Hurricanes fan, but it'd be cool to see him do good. Well, it was good to see game day back, too, man. I, that was must-see three hours right there Saturday morning. Did you guys see the Desmond Howard thing? Which part? Did you see that, Jared? Yeah, I saw it. I don't know. Maybe you didn't see it, Ted, but he uh, there's a line from the Chappelle show. Is Wayne Brady going to have to choke a bitch? And <laughs> Desmond Howard said that because they came back from something about Michigan. And Reese Davis asked Desmond, is this the year that Michigan's going to beat Ohio State? And right. Is Desmond Howard going to have to choke a bitch? So, you know, not not necessarily what you should probably say on live TV, especially at Disney. You know? No. And, uh, you know, so he later had to apologize. Well, that one slid by me. I watched the whole thing, but I missed that. Yeah. I yeah missed he had to issue had... an apology. I'm sure Jared remembers that from the Chappelle show. I missed it when it happened too, and but when I saw the replay, I was like, it, it was kind of a bizarre statement to make. Like, it's not that big of a deal to me, but it just it was just way out of left field. That comment. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, you know, again, this is our special podcast, uh, talking a little bit of uh, the football weekend we just had, and I guess you know we talked about uh, Desmond and you know, we a little bit about Michigan and Jim Harbaugh back in the news a little bit, right, Matt? Yeah. I mean, obviously, it, you know, I don't think it's like a world against us type of thing but it does seem like almost anything harbaugh does any comment he makes or whatever it just blows up in the media and uh so the story is that for anyone who didn't see it john u bacon he's an author he's he's written a bunch of books about michigan like the richard era and then harbaugh getting hired he has a book coming out next week talking about basically the state of michigan football and jim harbaugh and stuff and uh, one of the lines in the book is you know they were talking about recruiting and Harbaugh just, he said, it's hard to beat the cheaters. And that's one of the, like, that's actually one of the titles of a chapter in the book. So, uh, you know, a pretty big statement to make. But John U. Bacon, he was on the Paul Feinbaum show uh, last week, and I was working it, and they were talking about the book and stuff like that. So, obviously, on the SEC network, you know, kind of a big deal, Paul asked him, was he talking about the SEC? And John U. Bacon, he said, no, Harbaugh didn't name any teams. Didn't name any conferences. It was just, uh, you know, it's hard to beat the cheaters. You you can draw your own conclusions on who he's probably talking about, but obviously it blew up in the media. People said he's making excuses. You know, he needs to just recruit better. He needs to coach better and all that stuff. So, you know, it was just one of those things where I think people it, – it's definitely a, maybe a controversial statement, but because it was Jim Harbaugh, it seems like it blew up a little more. I love a lot of Jim Harbaugh's antics, but this one just seemed entirely pointless. And he came across sounding like a baby to me. Like, what, what does he gain from this? And I know that you're going to say, well, he doesn't necessarily mean the SEC. I think he means the SEC. I think he means Ohio State. That's who I think he's I'm thinking more Ohio State, too. Yeah. I, but watching that game last night and, like, watching how Florida could not pull away from Miami, who, like I said, had, like, the worst offensive line of all time, all I could think about was how this Florida team pounded Michigan last year. And, like, is that how he rationalizes, like, Dan Mullen's fan cam last year? Is that, like, they cheated? I don't know. I just this comment seemed babyish. That's the best way that I can describe it. Like I mean, there's whiny. definitely the side to it that you know. I think your people are very naive if they think that you know there's no cheating going on. 
I do believe, and maybe it's because I'm a Michigan fan, but I do think, you know, if you read stuff about Harbaugh and listen to the podcast and, you know, follow him, you know, his his attachment to the Michigan program with Bo Beckler, his dad, and everything like that, I feel like he is truly trying to run a clean program. But, you know, you never know what some boosters are doing or some stuff that's going on behind the scenes. So, you know, to think that nothing is happening or people who think, like, there is, you know, there are perfectly clean, squeaky clean programs out there, maybe that's a little naive. But, you know, the, the fact that people immediately when he made that statement, not naming the SEC, not naming any teams, but they immediately thought that he was talking about the SEC, it's kind of like, you know, like when you're a kid and you're in your room doing something wrong and your your mom or dad just, like, opens the door and you immediately say, I'm not doing anything wrong, I'm not doing anything wrong, you know, you're clearly guilty. <laughs> so, like, if people immediately thought that he was talking about the SEC, doesn't that say something? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that people immediately go to the SEC. Well, yeah, when you get that defensive that quickly, you're right, you know. And, again, I don't have the full full context. I mean, was it just a throwaway line that he had? Or did that – you said the whole chapter was based on uh, the cheating – cheating schools in college football well they were talking about recruiting and it, it was just a throwaway comment he they didn't elaborate on it he didn't point to any schools mm-hmm. but because of that statement that that's the name of the chapter so ah yeah. well that sells books too right oh yeah it sells books and obviously blows up how on many, twitter and all the headlines and all that kind of stuff so how, how many goddamn books can john u bacon shell out of michigan i mean like like matt said this is already his second book on harbaugh well he must like, be embedded pretty interesting but it's like my two books already in four years. So I don't think I don't even want to read this book. I could care less. I mean, I like his. I've read his, all the other books that he's done on Michigan. I, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, I, I I'm kind of looking forward to read it. Oh, and Ted, what did you when Matt kind of gave the hypothetical like your parents come into your room and you're you immediately start saying like you're doing something wrong? What like came to your mind? <laughs> As what you thought the kid like? What, what do you think the kid was doing in that room? I mean, <laughs> Maybe smoking a little weed. Yes, a little bit of you when you were in your teenage years. I, I can never, you know, confirm or deny that. <laughs> Let's just say I, you know, I grew up in the seventies, and we'll leave it there. You got to leave the window cracked a little bit. <laughs> That's a pretty looking plant up there in the window. You're right, exactly. I mean, basically, I mean, not not to get away from that, but you know, what does it come down to with Harbaugh in Michigan? You got to be at Ohio State win the Big Ten, and then what? People won't hate on him as much? Is that basically what it comes down to? I think so. I do have one little critique of Harbaugh, though. I don't know if you guys caught it or even thought about it. You know, they had the game day stuff, and they had a little segment there on Harbaugh, and uh, I guess it was it was Reese Davis that was interviewing him, and uh, Harbaugh's got his suit jacket and tie, and then he's got his Michigan hat on. Okay, I get it. But then he's chewing gum. Did you notice that? I did. Spit the gum out, dude. Come on. You're on camera. That's the type of guy he is. Just a weirdo. I know. Exactly. A weirdo. (laughs) I think he's as quirky as they come. And, you know, it's kind of like one thing is cool. Like, he he is who he is, you know. Like, he's not trying to put on a show. He doesn't care that Ted Fattel is going to get annoyed with him chewing gum on TV. Not a bit. He's going to be himself. He is who he is. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> One thing that was key from that interview, do you guys hear that he said that Michigan's going to be no huddle and running from shotgun basically exclusively this year? Yes. That is awesome news. Yes. That is awesome news. Well, you know, we're putting this together, Jared and Matt. Uh, just we're on, we're on the fly. We really had no prep work done here. But let's since we're doing the prep pigskin preview next, 
you know, and then college football will be underway officially with Michigan and Michigan State. Let's kind of break it down a little bit. You know, Michigan, let's start there. They have Gaddis to run the offense. They're going to really focus heavy on Patterson and the RPO. I um, mean, they have some talent. Let's let's get our predictions on the table. Where do we think Michigan is going? What are the keys? I am 100% in on the Kool-Aid this year. Michigan, this is the year that Michigan – now, this is how I see the season going. We will have, like, maybe we'll probably lose one game in the regular season. We'll end up winning the Big Ten. And then if we do make it to the college football playoff, like Clemson or Alabama or one of those teams will probably await us. And we're going to see, like, uh, Alabama beat us, like, 31-3 to or something like that, which leaves a sour taste in your mouth, but that's still a good season. And like, like we talked about last week, win the Big Ten, and it's a successful season. I don't care what happens after that. Probably said this last week. What comes with winning the Big Ten is beating Michigan State and Ohio State, usually. So, you know, like people say, like, would you rather beat Ohio State or win the Big Ten? It's like, well, usually we have to beat Ohio State to win the Big Ten, so it kind of goes hand in hand. But yeah, I, I'm, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of with you, Jared, just because I think they've got all the pieces. They finally have, like, some seniors, some experience coming back on offense. The biggest thing is Gaddis coming in, I think. Um, like you said, Jared, the, the offense they're going to be running. You know, and the one thing I think you know, they talked about it on game day, or maybe I saw it on, on another clip uh, – on Fox Sports or something, but the biggest thing to me also is as awesome as a defensive coordinator as Don Brown is, clearly Ohio State and then that bowl game showed that he's got to learn to make a little adjustments. Um, I'm not trying to tell him how to do his job or anything like that, but you know he's gotten torched a few times in big games, so I, I'm curious to see the defense. I think the offense is going to be awesome, but want to see how the defense adjusts. What do you think, and I'm, I'll give you my viewpoints on Michigan season here in a second, but what do you think the real deal was with uh, Don Brown and Madison, you know, Madison leaving for Ohio State? Was it maybe he uh, disagreed with his coaching philosophy or just got a better deal with OSU? Yeah, I mean, I don't know because he has ties to Ohio State, so, you know, maybe there was that. But you got to wonder if, yeah, they were just butting heads. And like you said, they just didn't see eye to eye and maybe Madison was making suggestions on some adjustments they should make, and Don Brown didn't want to. That's what I'm wondering. Like that, because, yeah, it was kind of strange, because Madison was churning out NFL talent for Michigan, so it's not like he was doing a bad job. And Madison's not getting any younger. I mean, he could have he retired as a Wolverine, you know, and had a legacy there, too. I don't know. I, I don't think it would be fun to be a coach under Jim Harbaugh. I mean, it sounds like this is really, like, the first time I've heard that he's actually, like, trying something that's not – like cut straight from his brain right. with this spread offense with Josh Gaddis. So it's like he seems like probably one of the worst like coaches to be an assistant under who's just not going to listen to basically anything you say. <laughs> you might be on to something there. I mean, that's probably not too far from the truth. What, what I think the Wolverines, I know uh, I probably have been smoking the Mary Jane and drinking the Trulies, but uh, I think <laughs> – I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna run the table. I think they're gonna make it to the playoffs undefeated, and I think they're gonna run up against maybe a Georgia team. You know, they're gonna have all that pressure of being, you know, perfect and probably losing the semifinals. But I'm thinking they're gonna run the table. I don't know why. What do you think that I, we that, think that every that year, feeling. and that's why we're idiots. Yeah, and I also think they can use use last year's debacle at the end of the season that that embarrassing loss to Ohio State. I kind of throw out the bowl game because, like Matt said earlier on, you know, you're playing half your players. You know, some of your studs are just sitting. Bowl games just don't mean what they used to mean. 
if it's not for a national championship. That's just the way it is. It's too bad in some ways, but but they didn't have their full effort against Florida. Now the Ohio State game, another that's another situation. That was a flat out program embarrassment that they've had to live with this whole off season. And I think they probably have rededicated themselves big time to to make a difference this year. And they got to beat Ohio State. I know how you want them to beat Michigan State, Jared. But I think they can get by both of them at home. I know we all worry a little bit about maybe Notre Dame or somebody like that on the schedule, maybe falter once. But I I just got that feeling, like you said, every year. But I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to go through undefeated, and we'll see what happens if they get to the playoffs. I love it. I'd love to see it. Amen. And what about in uh, East Lansing? I know we talked about it a little bit, but are we thinking it basically? I mean, I think we all kind of agree defense is going to be ridiculous, a ton of talent. All comes down to that offense, right? It does, and it, it, you know it comes down to their schedule too. And their toughest games are all on the road, which is going to be that's going to be a big challenge. I think defensively they'll be as good as any team in the country, but can they get by those road games? Can they split the road games? That that could be a pretty successful season if they can, but it's going to be a, a tall task. It's a tall task. I mean, Brian Lewerke is their quarterback, right? You like talk about their defense all you want. It's Brian Lewerke. And do I have to remind you, do you remember the play against Oregon in the Red Box Bowl where he literally bobbled the snap for about 20 seconds and just whipped up an interception? Like, if it, it all comes down to him. And the fact that they don't have anyone better to put behind center is scary. And they have no, like, all you hear about is defense, defense, defense. Well, it's offense is also pretty damn important. And I don't know any, they have Cody, Cody White. And other than that, I don't know any other skill position player on this entire team. They got Hayward, right? Isn't isn't he supposed I mean, is to be? He good? I don't know. He's supposed to be. I, I mean, he's got a good pedigree. But I don't know. Does he have a good pedigree? Well, his Connor dad was Hayward. his dad was in the NFL. Okay. You know, I, what you're going to get out of Lewerke, Are you going to get two years ago Lewerke or last year Lewerke? I think that's the thing. But yeah. even if he has a you know good season, you know, just say a solid a good season, their offensive line isn't that good, and yeah, their their skill position. There's just a lot of question marks at the skill position. So, you know, someone's going to have to step up because, what, the last two or three years, Michigan has had a top-four defense in the country, and that hasn't mattered because the offense couldn't keep up. So you can have the best defense in the country, but right, like you said, Jared, you got to score points at some point too. I think the Spartans are going to find a way to win eight games. And would that be a successful season for MSU if they win eight? If they beat Michigan, I think every Michigan State fan in the world would love that. If they don't, then it's not a successful season. Yeah, I think if – I mean, it's kind of like where we're at with Michigan State, Ohio State. Like, if they go eight and four, and one of those losses is Michigan, then yeah, that's not good. But if they go eight and four, and one of those wins is Michigan, that kind of screws up Michigan season. Then yeah, that's a success. Yeah, that's a perfect way of putting it there. What do you guys think? What do you think on the Spartans? I, I'm kind of with you. I think eight or nine wins, just because of this, mostly because of the schedule and not knowing about the offense. I, I think they're going to be a good team, but you know, those road games and then the question marks on offense are going to be tough. The, the, I know the over-under in Vegas is set at seven and a half. I'm, I think they're going to win seven games. I mean, I think, as I told you, I'm calling the shot now. They're going to lose to Northwestern in week four, and it's just going to go downhill from there. Hunter Johnson is the real deal at quarterback for Northwestern. Yeah, where did he transfer from? Clemson. Oh, yeah. So, so I just tell you, either in – who knows? They might even lose to Arizona State again. So if they if they lose one of those two games, I, how do they how do they beat a Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, especially when they're all the latter, later half of the season at – at their stadiums. I don't see it happening. That's going to be tough. You're right about that. Well, let me ask you guys this, too. I know we're going to have we're going to be checking in with uh, some college experts as we go along the way, including Michigan State. We'll give some support for the Spartans, at least some of us. Jared, you hate the Spartans, correct? With every ounce of 
loss for my life. <laughs> I, I root for the Spartans every game in the football season but one. Now, where do you stand, Matt? In my younger years, when I was Jared's age in college, I was right with him. Couldn't stand him. I mean, with every ounce of my energy, too. Hated him. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's the older, wiser thing coming out. I still don't want to see them win, but I, I don't dislike them as much as I used to. I will say that. Now, do we, do we respect Coach Mark D'Antonio? I will say that. That's one reason. Their basketball program, I cannot stand Michigan State basketball, but obviously Izzo is one of the best coaches of all time. I'm not putting D'Antonio up on that level, but he's, he's a very good coach, so I can respect that. I think you've been on record of being a, a D'Antonio guy, Jared, aren't you? Yeah, I, I like D'Antonio. I, I like the cut of his jib. Some of the stuff he says, like the pride comes before the fall and stuff, kind of rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> uh, but it's Michigan State. I mean, like like, like I said, the last, last year um, – Watching them lose to Oregon in the Red Box Bowl seven to six—that was my favorite moment of the 2018 college football season. So that's just like that's where I stand. So all you Spartan fans that uh, that follow us here at Three Point Podcast, definitely send us your tweets. Uh, you can defend your Spartans. You can dog on Jared. We don't care what you do, but just keep supporting us, right? Yeah, we got we got to hear from both sides. Absolutely. All right, boys, anything else in this special football podcast? We're recording this here on Sunday the 25th. We just had to get together and, and talk about a few topics before we get to our pigskin preview. Any, anything else you want to get on the table? Yeah, I was gonna. I don't know if, Jared, you've got something, but I'm going to throw something out real quick. We Clemson kind of came up quickly. Last night I mentioned I was doing a high school football game for ESPN2, and we did – it was a team from Maryland, and then they flew out to California. It's, it First of all, like – it's just so wild for me to think about how big some of these high school football programs are that they're flying from Maryland to California to play wow. a high school football game. It's, it just boggles my mind sometimes. Like if we had to travel an hour and a half, you know, in Michigan, that was a big deal. But so the team that was, uh, that ended up winning, they're studs. They're the number two team in the country. They're like ridiculous. Their quarterback can't pronounce his last name. It's crazy spelling. It's like Uaj Alili or something like that. He's the number one pocket passer in the country. He's committed to Clemson. Hmm. He is. He looks like he could step into college football right now and play. He's like 6'5", 260, can run, can throw. He, I mean, basically what it comes down to is they're going to go from Trevor Lawrence to this yes. kid, and Dabo Sweeney is just going to keep on rolling. Like yes. it's, it, Watching him play, it was like, you, this is not a high school football quarterback. It was, it was wild. I take it that's the California team? That was the California team. Yeah, he, okay. he plays for the California team. That makes sense. I, I know him because if you guys have watched the quarterback one uh, Netflix show, which is actually really good, he was on like season two because he actually like one of the stars of the show, the quarterbacks that they were doing, lost his starting job to that kid. Yeah, he's a stud. He weighs like 400 pounds. But wow. he's a stud. He, but, I don't know why. Like, nah, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but he is. He's a big boy. Wow. He's basically Cam Newton. He's as big as Cam Newton, and, you know, he's, what, 17 or whatever, 18, senior in high school? Jeez. The rich get richer, basically. Clemson's going to keep rolling. Well, yeah, and you speak of the rich. Who pay, Who pays for these high school teams to travel cross-country, you know, to play Cal- at a California high school or wherever they played at? I mean, where does this money come from? I mean, I don't know all the details, but we did look it up that uh, the, a lot of these schools – you know, a lot of them are private Catholic schools or something, so there's tuition. Right. But we looked up these two schools. It was DeMassa and St. John Bosco. Both of them were like between 17 and 22 grand a year to go to those schools. Wow. So high school. <laughs> so I would assume that's paying a good amount of it. I would say so. Jared, anything else you want to get on the table? Uh, no. 
no, just you said a lot. I mean, college football, you just cannot beat it. Cannot wait. Cannot <laughs> wait is right. Oh, it's going to be awesome. And also, you know, high school football, not too shabby here in the state of Michigan. We have a great, I think, I, I think we have a great program coming up uh, a little later this week that's going to drop. It's our pe- prep pigskin preview. We've got, heck, we're covering from Marquette in the UP to Detroit to Grand Rapids to the Thumb, Lansing, Flint. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know, Matt, you've had a chance to put some of the uh, edit some of the interviews. It's going to be a lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. And, I mean, it's, you know, whether you're a high school football fan just in general or obviously specifically in Michigan, really cool to hear the previews from the experts around the state. You know, a bunch of players that are going to some big-time programs and some legendary coaches and stuff like that. It's really cool. Yeah, looking forward to getting that on the air a little later this week. And also exciting news that we're teamed up with radio station Z92.5 in mid-Michigan, they're going to be carrying the podcast following their Friday night games. I think that's the start of something big for us down the road that uh, we might be getting some more exposure on other radio stations. So a big thank you to uh, the Kroll family and the participation, letting us be on the airwaves uh, with them. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Looking forward to it. All right, well, let's wrap up this special podcast. That's going to do it. We want to thank you for listening. Also, remember, subscribe, rate us on all the big podcasting sites, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and others. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. You can hit us up at 3PointPod. Support our sponsors, our partners, Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, and ProMech Engineering. Also, be sure to check out our friends at Sports Radio Detroit for their great variety of programming, including three-point podcast this has been a three-point podcast production in conjunction with sportsnet michigan and z92.5 the castle thanks for listening have a great great week and uh, don't forget to tune in to our prep pigskin preview coming up